Welcome to The Follow-Up, a podcast by Coram Deo Church. In this podcast, we break down the truths of Sunday and make them applicable for your everyday life. Welcome to The Follow-Up, everyone. It has been a minute. It's been a little while. <laughs> it's, been a, it's, been a, it's been a while. So a couple things have been happening, uh, some transitionary things. We um, are starting a new sermon series. We finished through the book of the Psalms of Ascent, and then we did a really short kind of three weeks vision of who we are as a church. From there, we have kind of been dialing in what does it look like for us to continue forward with the follow-up. So uh, we mentioned this, I think, on the follow-up before, but Michael uh, got a new job, yeah, which has been really cool. We've been kind of traveling all over the place. Yeah, traveling some places that... I don't really want to go again, and some other really cool places. So uh, you got to see Bucky's. What was that I like? To see, I was life changing, honestly. <laughs> um, Never seen forty gas pumps in, at one place before. Hundred, actually. That's a lot of. That's yeah, a lot of gas. I uh, told my wife I need to take her there, and she goes, "What is it?" And then I just sent her a picture of the inside, and I was like, "It's a gas station." <laughs> it's aka Walmart with it's hundred like, pumps. It's like if a quick trip and a Sam's Club. Got okay. married <laughs> and had a and had, had a, a baby had a baby in Texas and, in a, and Texas. a little bit in Tennessee. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. And then you you've also seen some other stuff like you've seen now. Have you seen now all the lighthouses at the Outer Banks? All the lighthouses of the Outer Banks. I've lived here. I've lived in North Carolina for. I grew up here. You know, I, I was haven't born, seen all the lighthouses of North Carolina. I was born in Moorhead City, more. right? So I was born on the coast. Yeah. You know how many lighthouses in North Carolina I've seen? Zero. Right. Zero. That's zip. I gotta gotta remedy that. Moorhead City is. That was a, a forty-minute drive. It was quite <laughs> the adventure. Ridiculous. Uh, so, what was the last one you saw? You took a ferry. It was Cape Lookout. Okay, it was. It That's was, an epic one to see for sure. Yeah, you had there's the island itself. You can there's no roads on it, and so the quickest way is from Moorhead City. If you're in there, you're, oh. you're close to it. If you're actually like at Ocracoke on the Outer Banks, it's like a four to five hour trip because there's no roads. You have to take several ferries, and yeah. So wow. off of Harker's Island in Moorhead City, you you pay, you know, 20 bucks for a round trip ticket on the ferry. You can actually see it from the national park at Harker's Island. That's really cool. You can just look out and there it is right wow. there. Well, but, I'll have to make a point the next time I'm down at the coast. I, I've already told him, I'm like, we're going to see some lighthouses. Like, we have to yeah. do it. Um, so, again, we are excited to be back. Uh, it's been a little bit. So we're going to change the format of this a little bit. Every now and again, you'll see our talking heads uh, right here at our new tiny little table that Michael was laughing about. But, hey, the other one was really cumbersome to set up and tear down in my office, and this one just slides right in. It's like a tiny home. It is. Like uh, but it works. podcasting desk it, you know, of it tiny does, homes. It works. It does its thing. So we're going to occasionally be having the, the conversations like we have typically done, but we're also going to be kind of shifting the format just a little little bit. So with Michael on the road, um, every now and again, during the week, we're going to potentially be doing some shorter kind of like follow-up devos. Um, and so be on the lookout for those. They'll be in the podcast feed. They'll be on social media, all that kind of good stuff. But we are excited to dive in because we're starting a brand new book. So we just jumped into the book of Philippians this past Sunday and spoiler alert, Philippians is maybe, I think if not my favorite tied for my favorite book in the new Testament, I kind of hover between Philippians, 2 Corinthians, and Romans. I love all of them. I love, I mean, I love the whole New Testament. I love the whole Bible personally. <laughs> but. The whole Bible is my favorite. <laughs> I really, really love the book of Philippians uh, in particular because the context of it is so stark, right? Paul's in prison 
he's in chains, and yet the great theme of the book of Philippians is joy. And so we started out and just kind of walked through the, the book of Philippians together just by looking at the very beginning, the greeting to the church in Philippi. And so let me read our text from this past week. We were in Philippians chapter 1, and we just read the first two verses. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi with the overseers and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So interestingly enough, Michael, when I chose the the breakdown of this, I originally had planned to preach Acts 16. So Acts 16 is kind of the birthday or the birth the birth of the church in Philippi. It's this really unique story about how God through really wild circumstances brings about the church in Philippi. But as I started to prepare and look through this, I found just so much content in the greeting alone um, that I decided just to go ahead and preach through it. And so there's actually, believe it or not, some things I shaved off. Yeah, I really like that. You see that a lot in scripture, especially in the New Testament, where, and it's it's an immediate application for us with our Bible study, mm-hmm. is a lot of times we can gloss over things. Mm-hmm. And there's so much packed into, uh, yeah, Sunday was awesome. These These verses are have a lot to give us. Yeah, they do. And so there's kind of three, the three points that we had on Sunday were um, who we are, where we are, and what we receive. So who we are, Paul starts off by saying that they are servants of Christ Jesus. So that's a really unique start to this greeting. Most of the time he, he kind of uh, speaks first on his authority that he's an apostle. But instead here, he starts with that, that unique challenging word that they're a servant. And then he addresses the church in Philippi and calls them saints. So from the jump, we see we're saints, but we're also servants. And so that's an idea that walking through, I think many of us have heard the idea of being a servant. That's pretty normative for Christians. Like we, we get that idea, even if we are honest and say, maybe we're not the best servants, we realize we're servants. But that other word, saint, is typically something that we would apply to the religious elite. Yeah. We kind of think of like, well, Mother Teresa is a saint, or Mark is a saint, but you know, not me. So, why do you think it's difficult to see ourselves as saints? Um, yeah, I, as you were talking, I was even thinking about like other Christians that I know that I'm like, yeah, they're probably a saint, but not me. I I think it's kind of twofold, and we'll, we'll get into you know our view of grace and how distorted it is a little bit later, but um. I think it's just a misunderstanding of the depth of our sin for one thing, but cause like we rank our sins, mm. you know? And so it's, it's kind of, it goes hand in hand with our identity as a servant, honestly, because your motivation for being a servant is revealed when somebody treats you like a servant. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not my original quote. That's like Tim Keller or somebody profound. <laughs> Some, someone but else. you know, everybody wants to change the world. Yeah. Nobody wants to clean the toilets type of thing. It's that kind of thing, and I think we have those moments in serving where our selfishness is revealed to us by the Holy Spirit, and so I think there's also obligation attached to the idea of a servant, but there's not obligation attached to the idea of a saint, Yeah. and so it's just something that has been declared over us, and it's, it's harder to just accept that because we see those dark moments when we're like serving, somebody treats us like a servant, and we're like... Oh, I'm so frustrated because I'm not getting 
whatever it was that I didn't realize I was looking for, you know, the validation or, you know, the false humility, like, Mm -hmm. or even just like appreciation, you know, like, thank you so much for serving. I think, I think there's this mentality when it comes to sainthood or sanctification or being made holy where we can look at maybe seasoned seasoned saints. We can look at those who've kind of been in the faith for a long time. We can say that guy. Yeah, that makes sense. Like he's walked with Jesus for a long time. His life looks a lot different than mine. He's a saint. Totally. Whereas when we look at ourselves and we're introspective, we can kind of go to one of two places. Either one, we think way too lowly of ourselves and we're like, I'm the worst. I failed. I sinned. Or if we start to think I'm awesome, I'm doing great. That's also another challenge where we start to be like, well, I'm really prideful and arrogant. So we don't want to despair. We don't want to go to pride. So where do we go? Will we stop putting the onus on us. Right. It's not our holiness. It's not our righteousness that declares us saints. It's Christ's. Yeah. And so when Christ's righteousness has been applied to us, that is when we live in this reality of who we now are, who we've been made to be. Yeah. And that, man, that speaks to so many different aspects of our life and our identity because man, (laughs) it just hits home on so many levels. Like we, if we are, you know, the foundation of our argument, if we are the hinge upon, you know, what we're resting in, like we're going to be quickly led to despair time and again. Yeah. And it's when we get our eyes off of ourselves and say like, no, I, I've been given this calling. I've been given this invitation to joy by Jesus because of Jesus. Yeah. Not because he saw me and was like, I think this guy's got something in him. Right. And if we could just, muster that out yeah. of him, like then he'll be a saint. And Jesus is like, no, because of my love, you're a saint. Yeah. Once you were not a people, now you are God's people. Right. Yeah. And that that's declared because of Christ's blood, which brings us to the next point, which is that w- where we are. So we start with who we are. We're servants. We're saints. Well, where are we? Well, Paul says here to the, to all the saints in Christ Jesus. And so there's this kind of theological concept of union with Christ. And I said this on Sunday, and it was a really helpful way for me to think about it, reading different theologians and thoughts on this. We typically say things like, well, you know, they accepted Christ into their heart, but a better way to say it is like, we've been now positioned in Christ, right? We've been transplanted into Jesus. We've been positioned in him. And so, Michael, how does it kind of shift your understanding, thinking of Jesus being the environment that we now live in. How does that reshape your understanding? Hmm. It lowers my defenses. If everything is, you know, if, if I'm putting on the righteousness of Christ, it's not my own. It, it puts me on a level playing field with, with everybody I'm around. Yeah. And there's tremendous amounts of freedom there. And it, it's tough too, because you have to, there is this kind of like this tension between what's been done for us and like, how do we walk in it? And it's, you know, like spiritual amnesia. Mm. You just have to, you have to remember, you have to preach the gospel to yourself. And when, when, if, if Christ is just this environment that I'm, that I'm living in, as opposed to a friend that helps me out every now and then. Like, it changes everything. You know, yeah. it's, it's kind of like, we know that God is with us, but it's like, no, 
you don't like he's with you yeah all the time and the more awareness we have of that presence the more awareness we have of that union with Christ yeah yeah it makes me say all right well if this person is calling out a sin in my life I don't have to be defensive because like Christ has already declared me a saint. I'm in Christ. And if a, if a fellow believer is speaking into my life in that way, that must be Jesus. Mm. That must be Christ sanctifying me and call and like making me what he's already declared me. That's good. I think of Colossians three, which says, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. And then this is the big part here. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. So it transforms really everything, right? It's a, it's a whole renewal. It's not just, hey, part of your life, like the spiritual part of your life that we kind of segregate in our minds, that's now redeemed. But the rest of it, you know, is kind of still up to you. No, Christ is fully in the driver's seat. It's not like Jesus is my co-pilot. It's like Jesus is my pilot and I'm like barely hanging on in the backseat kind of thing. You know, like we are fully and completely yeah. resting in his finished work and what he's accomplished I for mean, us. Christ is the vehicle. Yeah. Like he's, yeah. he's the, the, you know, camper van that you're hopping into. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so then we, we, we landed the plane on Sunday by talking about, so we, we talked about who we are, you know, we're, we're servants, we're saints, where we are, we're positionally now, we're in Christ, and then we see what we receive, which Paul says is grace and peace from the Lord Jesus Christ. So how do you think sometimes we as Christians cheapen grace? And so even just to kind of preface it, reading that statement that, you know, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, we've read maybe a greeting from Paul, like we're so familiar with Pauline greetings that we usually gloss over them and we're like, okay, let me get to the good stuff. Right. But there's something rich and profound about what's being said, even in this greeting. So how do you think we get to that place where we just kind of gloss over grace or we cheapen grace? How do we do that? I think it's easy for it to become a, a menial churchy sounding term mm. that we're used to hearing, you know, uh, thank you God, for, thank God for his grace. Um, or let's say, you know, let's say grace, let's say the blessing. And so I think, you know, having those definitions in place is helpful, mm. remembering that it's it's unmerited favor. It's favor that you did nothing to, you know, to gain. Yeah. How we cheapen it, though, is like, A, you know, forgetfulness in that regard. But I think there's kind of two main ways that pop up in my head. One is like um, externally to others. Um, we'll use the phrase, it's really hard to show them grace. Mm-hmm. It should be impossible to show anybody grace sure. and if it's not it's not grace yeah um and then f internally for ourselves i think it is you know either either spiritual blindness that like god has to bring brothers and sisters into our lives to to point it out or it's what we see in psalm 36 which is what i read on sunday it's from the cbr reading for for saturday psalm 36 2 says for he flatters himself in his own eyes that his iniquity cannot be found out and hated the words of his mouth are trouble and deceit. He has ceased to act wisely and do good. He plots trouble while on his bed. He sets himself in a way that is not good. He does not reject evil. And so I think it's just this pattern that we can fall into of self-justification. Yeah. And, you know, comparing our sins to past sins, comparing our sins to others. 
And again, what you said at the very beginning of this podcast, putting ourselves as like the focal point. Yeah. That's how we cheapen grace. Well, it's based on, you know, what I'm doing. It's like, no, you've missed it all together. Mm-hmm. If you look to Christ, then you will see grace. Yeah. Then you will say, this is the mystery of the gospel. Why would he choose me? Why would he love me? <laughs> I've yeah. done nothing to deserve it. Absolutely. And so, uh, yeah, getting past that forgetfulness of, you know, it's unmerited favor and just like realizing, I mean, it's, it's scandalous. Yeah. It doesn't make sense on, in some regards that yeah. like, it's just like, well, but I didn't deserve it. And it's like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I won't read it now, but I, I quoted a uh, Puritan prayer from the Valley of Vision, uh, which is a really great collection of uh, Puritan prayers and devotionals. And it is just this rich realization of like an introspective look. I mean, you could also do Psalm 134, search me out, O God, try me and know my heart. Um, we have a very low view of sin and a very um, self-important view of grace where we expect God to be gracious to us. No yeah. one's demand that he's great. Well, God's going to be gracious because he's a nice guy. Um, and again, if we really rightly set our minds and our focus on how far from God we truly are and yet how rich and gracious he is. I, I think there's something to be said too about, I don't have a, a, a more profound way to put it other than like getting used to being a Christian, mm-hmm. letting it get old, not realizing that we need to be renewed by the Holy Spirit like yeah. daily, daily. Yeah. And we think that we get to a place where we're, okay, I'm finally at a place where I can just coast. It's like, no way. That is not how sanctification works. Right. And if you're not daily, you know, going to the Lord for that renewal, like it's just going to become old news to you. And, and what was this beautiful gift that like when you experience those moments of real grace and when you, it clicks in your brain and clicks in your heart, the result is always gratitude. Mm. It's always just like, Oh man, and gratitude, repentance, like so many things start to happen that are beautiful. Yeah. And when you slide away from that further and further, that grace and that gratitude turns into entitlement. Yeah. And we want we want to fight that. Yeah. Yeah. So friends, we hope that this has been an encouraging look back over the last couple uh just few verses at the beginning of Philippians. We're excited again to just keep going further and further into this book. Um, it, it never lets up. The whole book is fantastic. I was telling Michael on Sunday, as we're looking at the preaching calendar over the next few weeks, is like, man, you got a great passage. And then I was like, well, I don't think there are any like either difficult in the sense of like, wow, there's like, this is good, but it's hard. You know, like um, <laughs> Moses's body being contended over in Jude. <laughs> there's some heavy passages um philippians is just constantly just great great good challenging helpful uh so we pray that it's an encouragement to you guys but again be on the lookout for uh the follow-up it's going to look a little different you know it may not be this more formal setting it might be a little more informal but we're going to continue to put content out there for you guys to help you process and think back um to the sermon each week all right y'all thanks for tuning in Thanks again for listening to the follow-up. To learn more about Quorum Deo Church, you can follow us on social media at Quorum Deo NC, or you can check us out on our website, quorumdeonc.com. Again, stay in touch with us. Stay in tune. Uh, We're going to have some uh, neat stuff coming out for you guys. Take care. No reason.
resource. Stay in tune. Stay in touch. Stay in touch. Stay in tune. Hey. Do you want to do that again? The resource is Act 16. Read it. Bye. <laughs>